Can Missouri muster enough offense to beat Tennessee? Why I think the Missouri corners against the Vols wide receivers is the most interesting matchup of the game and plus picks from myself and Eric Kane of Locked On Vols coming up right now on Locked On Mizzou. You are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, everybody, welcome into it. This is Locked On Balls and uh, a crossover edition with Locked On Missouri as well. I'm your host, Eric Kane. We'll say hello to John Miller here in just one second. Appreciate you guys for tuning in each and every day. This is your team every single day, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find this anywhere you find your podcast completely free. And of course, on YouTube, thank you so much for subscribing to the YouTube channel. Hit that like button as well. Today's episode is brought to you in part by upside download the free upside app and use the promo code lock to get five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten dollars or more that is at upside all right let's say hello to our good friend john miller of locked on missouri tennessee and missouri getting going saturday at noon eastern at neyland stadium john what's up man Oh, not too much, man. Just looking forward to more SEC football. Good to good to see all you volunteers fans again, and you too again, Eric. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. It's uh, it, it's been it's been fun so far. Obviously, the the season for Tennessee, it's it's been a whole lot of fun. Um, you know, came up short in Athens. That was a really really tough environment. As uh, you guys know, heck, Missouri almost beat Georgia uh, at, at your home field a couple couple weeks ago. So that was really exciting. But it's uh, it's hard to believe that football season's already what entering week 10 that's just that's mind-blowing right we're 75 percent of the way home basically i can't believe it I, I don't like it quite honestly it always goes way too fast but that's part of the beauty of the sport you have to admit yeah yeah no doubt about it all right so for tennessee and missouri this weekend uh, tennessee looking to get back in the win column of course dropping to georgia last weekend missouri of course is also looking to do the same thing fell to kentucky 21 to 17 uh, prior to that won two straight over vanderbilt and at south carolina uh, Tennessee is a 20 and a half point favorite at the time of this recording with the uh, total sitting at 57. That's per bet online. John, what's the biggest storyline to watch out for for Missouri this week as Missouri comes to Neyland Stadium? Well, I think it's the biggest story that it's been every week this season, essentially, is can Missouri muster enough offense to win? Now, if you happen to be a Volunteers fan that hasn't really paid attention to Missouri this year, you might be absolutely shocked by how much different this Tiger team looks than last year because, of course, Tennessee came into Columbia and just absolutely steamrolled Missouri last season. That game was over at halftime. I think it was 35-3, to if my memory serves me correctly. And, and frankly, it could have been worse by the end of it. If anything, the Vols kind of took the, 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 their foot off the gas. But this season, suddenly Missouri's gone from one of the worst defenses in all of college football to a legitimate top 10, 15 kind of unit. I mean, it's really been a truly stunning turnaround, but unfortunately, the, the lack of offense that Missouri had the second half of that season has carried over for the most part into this year. You know, there's been a lot of talk about Hey, should they try another quarterback? Missouri certainly hit the transfer portal market hard in the in this previous offseason and struck out. So to me, you're looking at a Missouri offense that only scored 17 against Vanderbilt. They scored, I believe, 17 last week against Kentucky as well, against a much better defense, by the way, mm-hmm. Kentucky than Vanderbilt. 
But that's it to me. It's as good as Tennessee is. I just want to see that. Can Missouri muster enough offense? And also, I genuinely am curious to see how Missouri's defense matches up with Tennessee because, well, this is going to be a much different style. Yeah, it's going to be a much different style for sure. And I mean, you got to credit Missouri, as you pointed out. I mean, the defense has been it's been really good. I mean, that's I've seen some bad football covering Tennessee the last couple of years. All right, so I'll say this with I've been there. That Missouri defense last year, oh my goodness. I mean, I was I was blown away at the scheme and everything, especially coming from a former successful NFL defensive coordinator and NFL head coach there last year. Uh, but the rebound's been incredible. I mean, top 15 in both, I believe, scoring defense and, and total defense. It's really been solid. I mean, I know, I know a couple of transfers have come over to Missouri and really helped out in the middle with Tyron Harper from Florida. And in the back end, you have a Clemson transfer and a Joseph Charleston and one of your cornerbacks who was out all of last year but was a a starter in 2020 he's made his return so it's been a really nice unit defensively at least on paper when I look at Missouri and I'll get to my key for Tennessee here in a moment but when I look at Missouri on offense just on paper looks like Missouri doesn't play an awful lot of players I mean of course you got your quarterback you run two running backs and you really only have two wide receivers who are overly active you don't throw much to your third wide receiver don't throw much to the tight end you know the offensive line is it's been you know not fantastic it's it's allowed 19 sacks what about the wide receiver in luther was it luther brown the former five-star yeah luther burden actually yeah 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 how has he progressed as the season's come along you know i actually thought he had his best game as receiver last week against kentucky which is a good sign it tells i thought he made a, a really crucial catch in the game on a scramble drill, good instincts by him, and also went up and high-pointed the football as well. I, I think, you know, it's been a little bit of a slow start for him just in the receiving game. He's ran a punt back for a touchdown. He's taken some wildcat snaps that have been really productive. And and don't get me wrong, he's had his moments as a receiver, but it's not as though he's just come in as a true freshman and, and lit up college football completely. But I think he's shown plenty of signs that he's definitely going to get there. I just think going back actually to a really exciting, uh, the, the first time Tennessee and Missouri played all the way back in 2012 when they were members of the SEC, that triple overtime game mm-hmm. at the end of the season, that was actually Doriel Green Beckham's coming out party. And I think we could see something similar to that for Burden at the end of the season. Not necessarily this week. That's not a prediction. I just think no. at some point, I think we could see the maybe the big Burden game we're expecting. On the other side of Burden, you'll see a lot of Dominic Lovett in the slot. He's not really a traditional possession slot receiver, although he's got the hands and all the routes and everything. He's a very explosive guy, too. He's really the one to watch. You know, my my storyline for Tennessee, and it's it's pretty simple. I mean, you you were riding so high all season long. Um, the darling of college football, in my opinion, still one of the best four teams in college football. But you got hit in the mouth last week. I mean, you went down. I mean, that game was hyped up as, you know, the game of the season, the game of the century, all that, up until, you know, Ohio State-Michigan plays. Um, but you you got smacked. That crowd made a difference. Tennessee's offense didn't score a touchdown until the fourth quarter. I mean, that's that's unheard of in the Josh Heupel right. era at Tennessee. How are you going to respond against, again, a Missouri defense that has played really, really well? Now, what, what was uh, – that? that's my storyline. I, I want to ask you this real quick before we hit a reset. You know, I, you're not we're, not – we're not hiding anything here. I mean, Missouri's defense played well against Vanderbilt, played well against Florida, played well against – 
South Carolina played well against Kentucky. That's not surprising, but played very well against Georgia. That is right. very surprising. What did Missouri's defense do to limit Georgia in that football game? Well, I think like they have been all season, I think they were really aggressive. And yeah. I, and it was a lot against Georgia. I went back and, and really watched that, that film closely, my own all-22 footage that I took from the stands. And it was a lot of tight man-to-man defense bringing five, six, occasionally seven guys in, in in blitzing and you know you would think that hey Georgia they got a bunch of four and five star receivers right well they weren't really able to separate and punish Missouri for that strategy and I thought that was really interesting and I'm interested to see if that can happen again in this game because obviously Heupel's going to do a quite a bit different strategy. I mean, obviously his offense is unique. Missouri fans know this well. He was our offensive coordinator in 16 and 17, so I don't need to tell Missouri fans that or Tennessee fans for that matter. I just think that that will provide a unique matchup and one that will be really telling. If Missouri can hang with Tennessee, I think they can hang with anybody. Missouri fans like Heupel, right? You know, it's a mixed bag. I, I think... I think Josh Heupel has come a long way since his Missouri times. The offense looks pretty similar, but as a head coach, I just feel like he's learned how to manage the sort of hyper-speed offense a little better, knowing when to slow down at times. I just think he's kind of worked out the kinks. But obviously, in retrospect, you have to say that Josh Heupel did a great job as Missouri's offensive coordinator, in my humble opinion. You marry a good coach and a good scheme with a good quarterback in that development? I mean, that's what Missouri had with Drew Locke and Heupel. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, yeah, with with, uh, Hendon Hooker. So it's been fun to watch. Hey, the key matchups on both sides. What are we going to be on the lookout for here when Tennessee takes on Missouri at noon Eastern at Neyland Stadium on Saturday? We'll tell you all that here in just one moment. But, uh, you know, this episode is brought to you in part by uh, Upside, all right? Whether it's driving less, dining out less, or, or buying less from the grocery store, we can all agree there's nothing fun about less. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every single purchase. To get started, all you need to do is download the free Upside app. You can use my promo code LOCKED, and you're going to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Again, that's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, Claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in, just like on Facebook. Check in at the business, pay as usual with credit or debit card, and then you get paid. In comparison to credit card reward loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back by using Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every single week. That's probably why they have a 4.8-star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use that promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more by using the promo code LOCKED. Get upside. All right, thanks for making Locked On Vols and Locked On Mizzou your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the biggest games, the biggest stories, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. That's Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get finer 
podcasts, Eric Cade. Like, of course, my podcast and your podcast. Definitely you the finer category without question. But you know what, Eric, for this segment, I want to talk about matchups for the game. And I sort of alluded to it in the first segment, but I want to get back to it because I really think it's that important. Because I noticed in the Tennessee-Georgia game that Tennessee's rushing attack was relatively held in check, and it seems to me that if Missouri can do the same, it's all then going to come down to the outside. Can Chris Abrams drain the top Missouri cornerback? Can he hang with Jalen Hyatt? Then on the other side, who's the number two receiver? Who's like the biggest guy I, as a Missouri fan, should worry about for Tennessee? Who's Ennis Rakestraw going to have to match up with? You know, it's funny, man. Before Jalen Hyatt went all-world this season, I mean, it was Cedric Tillman. Cedric Tillman, okay. all SEC caliber receiver last year, and I definitely remember him from last year. Yeah, he uh, he went down earlier in the season when the Akron game. He missed, I think, he missed five games total. Uh, but he's back now, and he played the entire game last week. So that one-two punch of Hyatt in the slot paired with Cedric Tillman on the outside on one side is pretty dynamic. Then you have Brew McCoy on the other side. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see if if Hyatt does play most of the game in the slot. Will Missouri use one of their traditional outside corners? Because I, I tend to think they might. A lot of times, especially the way Hypel lines those guys up really wide, sometimes those slot players aren't as wide as they would typically be. So I think maybe if you're Missouri, you can kind of change those matchups off after the snap, which, by the way, confused Will Levis a couple times. Also, another thing to note, Chris Abrams drain before this season, he was a slot corner last season. He's been playing outside this season. So I think he certainly has the ability to float around if he wants to. I don't know the Missouri's done that a lot with him this season. It seems like Blake Baker just likes to leave his corners maybe on one side, but could maybe change it up a little, a little bit against what's obviously a different kind of offense than they've seen so far all year, including Georgia, in my opinion. You know, it's so uh, – oh, absolutely. I mean, Georgia's offense is really good, and, and that's something sure. that I felt like nobody last week was giving enough credit to. I'm like, guys, Tennessee's got the number one offense in the country. Georgia's right behind them. Like, you're like top five, yeah. Yeah, and so, right. um, but, but you're exactly right. And it's so refreshing talking to someone that understands the hypo offense because I'll be like, yeah, they have wide splits. You're like, well, how wide can they be? Watch Pretty the game. freaking wide, yeah. Those splits are wide. He runs yeah. so much off motion, and so – um, yeah, that's a really good point. If if you take a traditional corner that does have versatility in playing the slot corner in the in the in years past and, and put him over Hyatt because they will pair Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman together, and Hendon Hooker will look to that side of the field seven times out of ten before he looks over here to Brew McCoy. So, um, one thing for me, I'm looking for, and a lot of this, in my opinion, you know, Hendon Hooker didn't see it this way, Alex Golish, the offense coordinator, didn't see it this way, but I thought Hendon held on the football a little bit too long against Georgia. Uh, six sacks. I would give a couple of those sacks to to, to put it on Hooker. Um, but obviously, offensive line's got to be more prepared. It was a really bad day for the center guard-center combo. Spragans, Cooper Mays, and Jerome Carbon, in my opinion, against Georgia. Jalen Carter looked really good. But also, you know, Georgia brought pressure from the outside. The, the you know, J.J. Crawford, Gerald Mincy on that left side at tackle didn't have the best game. And Darnell Wright actually had a pretty decent game at right tackle. But up front, you've got to protect Hendon Hooker a little bit better. And this offensive line has been so good all season yeah. long, except against Georgia. So what is, how does it respond? You know, I look at Isaiah McGuire, a really talented end. John, let me ask you, does he flip or does he stay on one side? 
You know, that's a great question. I, I honestly, I think he tends to stay on one side, but I, I really can't answer that for you off the top of my head. Isaiah's been a really good player this year, though, and and frankly, there's been another guy who really popped on film last week, seemingly gets better every week, also at that def- defensive end position. Got to watch DJ Coleman. Yeah. Actually ended up being, I tweeted this out just recently, retweeted it from Pro Football Focus, he was one of their top 10 rated pass rushers of this past week in all of college football. So that definitely matched up with, with what my eyes are telling me. And, and Eric, speaking of, of defense, you know, I know this defense for Tennessee is solid, not quite up to its offensive standards, but that's asking a lot. Is there anything about this Tennessee defense that is particularly vulnerable to anything? Oh yeah. <laughs> now I'll say this, locked on Vols fans, you know, listening right now, they've gotten better and and they're playing in my opinion. They give up three big plays and they all count. I've said this all week. They're tired of hearing this, but right. Um, you know, they settled in, you know, once they were down twenty four to six or whatever. But you give up three big plays in the passing game uh, last week. Outside of those three plays, I thought they played pretty solid and they're getting so much better in the back end. But it's the secondary, without a doubt. You've got two veterans at safety who are probably it's you'll probably a step too slow for the liking. I think Trayvon Flowers is playing some pretty good football right now, but it's the it's the a mixture of cornerbacks Tennessee's used this season. You know, right now you're you've got a converted safety playing cornerback right now, Danico Slaughter, and he's playing some pretty good ball. You got Brandon Turnage, formerly of Alabama, came over last year. Um, it was against South Carolina. He was actually the SEC defensive player of the week, filling in at the star position, but he's playing corner now and he continues to gain more confidence. Those guys are playing okay football right now, but Kamal Haddon is a starter. He was available last week, but didn't play an awful lot. Well, he played more in this football game. Christian Charles has been your starter all season long, but went out at the end of the Alabama game. Is he going to make a return this week? Very uncertain uncertainty, I guess, at the cornerback position for Tennessee here this season. But again, they've locked down. I think they've played. They're getting better every single week, and they're growing in confidence. And I think this defense, which was just horrible last year, um, has gotten mild, much like Missouri. I think it's gotten miles and miles better from where it was this point in time last year to where you are here now in week nine, week 10 of the season. Well, that's interesting. Uh, sounds like obviously Tennessee has some questions in the secondary and Missouri has some explosive receivers that can make them pay. The question is, can they protect Brady Cook long enough to get in the ball? And, and frankly, can Brady make an accurate enough pass? That's kind of been the question all season, but I'll tell you over at betonline.net, the game is Missouri getting 20 and a half right now. And coming up, we will give you our final predictions on the game. But like I said, 20 and a half maybe seems kind of high. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to, we'll have to ask Eric in a minute. 57 is the total. But of course, regardless of what you feel about this game. Maybe you don't feel like you have an edge. Well, I got news for you. They got you covered over at betonline.net. Major League Baseball, the NBA, MMA, boxing, horse racing, cricket, soccer. They got everything you could possibly imagine over at betonline.net, where the game starts. All right, welcome back in here to a Locked On Crossover Edition, Locked On Vols with me, Eric Kane, Locked On Mizzou with John Miller. Tennessee welcomes Missouri for a noon Eastern kick. It's going to be on CBS, the first leg of that doubleheader. Uh, that is coming up on Saturday. And uh, Tennessee, of course, 8-1 on the season. College football playoff hopes 
still very much alive, need to win, need to win convincingly over the next three weeks to help with the eyes of the committee. And, of course, Missouri playing some really good defensive football, trying to come back from a loss last week uh, to Kentucky 21 to 17. John, before we get into our predictions, I want to ask you a little bit about that secondary for Missouri. We, we've asked, we've talked about the front seven a little bit and the good play of linebacker Tyron Hopper from Florida. But a guy that I remember going into the matchup last year was a safety Martez Manuel. I think he's playing a little star this year. Yeah. Is he the leader of that group back there? Because I remember him last year going into the game, and it looks like he's got some pretty decent stats so far this year as well. Yeah, I think he's definitely one of the emotional leaders of the team for sure. He had a big rousing speech uh, before the victory in Columbia, South Carolina against the Gamecocks a couple weeks ago. And yeah, I think that star position, that's something you referenced Tennessee plays too. You know, obviously a hot, hot, sort of hybrid linebacker, strong safety type of deal. I think it definitely fits Martez Manuel's game quite well and also Dalen Carnell a guy Missouri recruited as a corner out of the Indianapolis area he's now a true sophomore he's actually fit into that that star position quite well too especially for a, a guy who's got the size to play in the box but also the cornerback skills he's been really impressive too so those two guys to go along with the two corners I've already mentioned the safety play has been solid so yeah there's a lot going right with Missouri's defense so far this season and frankly not much going wrong other than what I've noticed the occasional Missouri's a little bit susceptible on, say, it's third and six in a crucial situation, mm -hmm. the quarterback scramble can kind of get him. And obviously that's something Hendon Hooker is capable of doing. Yeah, he needs to do more of that. I mean, he really does. He, he did a whole lot of that against Florida, did some against Alabama, did a whole lot of it last year. But this year's not done an awful lot. Like against Georgia, you got to run Hendon Hooker to win that football game, and they didn't. So you're exactly right. And that's something that Tennessee's defense has struggled with at points at times as well. Uh, you had Stetson Bennett that ran for a touchdown. Uh, on the opening drive for Georgia or the second possession for Georgia in that football game last week as well. So I know those woes um, for Missouri to win this game. Obviously you need to slow down Tennessee's offense, but I would imagine John, you got to get good Brady cook. You've got to, sure. you got to establish some type because I mean, Tennessee's going to score. I mean, the fact that Tennessee was held to 13 points was just shocking. I mean, Tennessee might not have won that game last week, but I thought it might've been like a 35 28 or, you know, something like that. You've got to get good play from Brady Cook in order to keep pace with Tennessee because I feel like for Missouri at least, you know, slowing that defense down but also getting some points yourself because Tennessee is going to get some points. Well, I guess I'll slightly disagree with you. Now, obviously, yeah. Missouri does need a good performance from Brady Cook. I, I just don't think – I don't think – let's say – this is obviously a long shot, folks, but let's say Missouri upsets Tennessee. Well, what is that going to look like? To me, it's not going to be, hey, Missouri won 35-34 to and Brady Cook no. threw for 380 yards. I just don't see that happening. We haven't seen it all so far this entire season. Why would we see it now? To me, it's going to have to be a kind of performance – does, is Missouri's defense as good as Georgia's? Probably not, but it's also not that far off either. So if you're Missouri, to me, if you're going to pull the upset here, you're going to somehow have to hold Tennessee to probably 20 points or less because I just don't see a scenario where the offense wins it for the Tigers. What do you think? Yeah, um, I mean, I certainly don't see a, a scenario where, where Missouri scores into the 30s. I just think, I think I saw the stats, and you might know it off the top of your head, Missouri scoring like, 
holding opponents to 18 points in conference play, but only scoring like 17 or 18 as well. Something like that, yeah. You got to be in the mid-20s if that were to happen, in my opinion, kind of like what you were saying. For Tennessee, Especially with game, the pace of the game. I mean, it's going to naturally, you're going to have more possession. So that does make sense. Yeah. For Tennessee to, to get back in the win column, I mean, you got to protect Hooker more. You got to come back, get off to a fast start. Tennessee is such a good first quarter team, and you got to run the football. You mentioned earlier that the Tennessee's run game was kind of held in check pretty well, and you're right. Um, against Georgia last year, Tennessee ran for 55 yards, and I think Tennessee finished with like 94, 95. Lost Jabari Small early in that football game. He always deals the starting running back. He always deals with a with a banged up shoulder. He took a pretty hard lick, came back in for a couple plays, and then didn't you didn't see him at all in the second half think that he's going to be okay to go but for Jabari Small it's one bad hit he could be out for the you know for 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 the game we've seen that so many times but Jalen Wright the running back as well uh will get the bulk of the carries he'll split carries as well even with Jabari Small in there they've just got to establish a run I don't know if Heupel said this news at Missouri but he says it all the time here and it's it rings true Tennessee has been a very good running football team for Tennessee to do what it wants to offensively it's got to have balance and it's got to run the football Tennessee couldn't do that against Georgia. So can Tennessee run the football effectively against Missouri that's allowing just 111 yards per game, which is a really, really good number? Uh, We'll find out. Tennessee and Missouri, the Vols are 20.5-point favorites. John, how do you see this game going, man? Well, I got I got Tennessee winning it. I got them uh, twenty eight to fourteen. I, I just think again, I, I just think Missouri is really, really good defensively, but they're probably going to give up more than their average just because of the nature of how Josh Heupel and the Vols like to play football. And I just don't see Missouri, especially in what's a brutal environment. I mean, when 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 Tennessee's rocking, when they're really good, that's as tough to place a place to play as about anywhere. It's just hard to see Missouri's offense doing a whole lot in this game. So again, I got it 28-14 Vols. You know, as as impressive as Missouri's defense has been, and a lot of credit to uh, what's his name. He's the former LSU linebackers coach, right? The uh, Blake Baker. Yes, yeah, yeah. Credit to him. He is he's done a really really nice turnaround for now the third DC under Eli Drinkwitz. Right, done a really nice job. I just see I see Tennessee coming back, knowing number one you lost. Yeah, the frustration. Tough spot for Missouri. Also knowing what's at stake for Tennessee because you are still very much in the conversation of a college football playoff berth. I just, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough tough spot for Missouri. I see Tennessee coming out and scoring early and uh, trying to get some style points. So I'll take the over slightly. I'll I'll take the over slightly at about 38 to 17. Okay. Tennessee winning uh, against Missouri. And, uh, you know, I think Tennessee's a good team, uh, obviously, but I also think Tennessee's got a lot of motivation coming into this football game. What were you going to say, John, about that score? Well, I, I was just going to point out that this is the second time you've brought up style points here for Tennessee. And hey, Josh, take it easy, man. This is your it's your former school, all right. By the way, if Tennessee wins out and wins the SEC, I'm pretty sure they'll find a spot for you guys in the college football playoff. I wouldn't worry about it too much. That's well, all I'll say there. Tennessee, right now, I mean, even if you went out, I mean, unless there's a collapse, a collapse from Georgia, I mean, unfortunately, you're not going to go to Atlanta. So that's why all those kind of matter. And it's funny, too, I say style points, and you probably know this as well because you covered Josh Heupel. 
even when the backups are in the game, you're still running your offense. So, like, that's just kind of how Tennessee plays. So, I enjoy that, saying, by the way. Let the backup quarterback and the backup offensive lineman, let them cook. Why not? Like, don't you want to actually yeah. evaluate the other guys on your roster? So, exactly. I'm all for that. Yeah, I don't I mean, like, I don't like running up the score with the first string, but if you can't stop the second string, that's on you. Yeah, and, and I'm not anticipating Joe Milton or any of those guys playing in this game, but like when they have this season, you're right. exactly right. It's you want to get an eval on them, but also those guys practice every single day. Why not sure. let them run the offense? Absolutely. They score. they score. So yeah, that's kind of how I see it, man. All right. So I've got 38 to 17. You've got, what was it? 28, 28, 14. Yep. 28, 14. All right. We will see what happens for Tennessee and Missouri. It's coming up at noon Eastern at Neyland stadium Saturday and the game will be televised on CBS. Hey, guys, Locked On Balls listeners, if you want continual preview coverage of who the Missouri Tigers are, give John Miller over at Locked On Mizzou a listen throughout the rest of the week. Uh, he does a fantastic job covering that team. He knows that team inside and out. If you want to know the foe, listen to John Miller over at Locked On Mizzou um, throughout the rest of the week. And, of course, you Missouri listeners, you want to know the inside scoop on the Tennessee Volunteers. Come on over here. There's plenty of room. Sit down, have a have a beer, and uh, we'll hang out over on Locked On Vaults. For John Miller, I'm Eric Kane. It's been another Thursday Locked On crossover edition with Locked On Vols and Locked On Missouri. Check out Locked On Sports Today. Biggest stories on the sports today, the biggest take as well on this app, YouTube, wherever you find it. That's Locked On Sports Today. Make that your second listen right behind your maybe your third listen right behind Locked On Vols and Locked On Missouri. See you guys.